0: Hello, and welcome to the Homewrecker podcast. I am the Golden Greek Alex Arion. I'm joined as always by my beautiful, lovely, gorgeous, amazing, smiling trophy wife, Monique. Monique, how are you doing? Hello,
1: I'm fabulous. How are you? I'm excited. Yes, me too.
0: I'm excited, but I'm fantastic as always, aside from that.
1: Yes. Yeah, yes, I'm, pretty,
0: I'm pretty psyched because we're talking talk about something that's pretty cool, something that I've always been interested in for as far back as I can remember. I don't even remember the first time I heard about D.B. Cooper, but that's what we're talking about today on the Home Record Podcast. And for yes. anybody that's finding us for the first time ever, I'm a former professional wrestler. I don't do that stuff anymore. I used to fake fight in my underwear. That's what I used to do. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and... Monique is my, my wife Your trophy wife My trophy wife. wife And we just like to talk about stuff that interests us Mm-hmm. Typically related to paranormal Conspiracies And those yeah, types aliens. of things Yeah
1: The fun stuff
0: The the, the fun stuff yeah. The stuff that Yeah Has just always fascinated us And Yeah So This is the Homewrecker Podcast If this is your first time Welcome And for those of you who know exactly who we are and what we do welcome back
1: salutations i kind of screwed that up sally
0: you sally you
1: <laughs> salute
0: sally you that'll be new, you. the we're just gonna I was say gonna that gonna say from say salutations. now on no we just started a new thing sally you. sally you sally you
1: we're making up our own language why not yeah let's do it
0: yeah all right so we we said last week at the end of the show that this is what we're going to be talking about I kind of sprung it on you. so. But
1: we've talked about it like you've mentioned it to me before. You just sprung yeah. it on me last well, week. Yeah, I on of, you last oh, week. Oh, right, we're going to yeah, that's what talk we're
0: about doing it. now. I'm just calling the shots. Whatever.
1: That's, it. that's cool. <laughs> just going with the flow. Yeah,
0: hey. So uh, the D.B. Cooper thing, its anybody that's not familiar with, do you want to explain or would you like me to or do you want to just kind of back and forth? We can it?
1: kind of back and forth in case one of us missed something. I'll start, though.
0: Okay, why don't we go ahead and start? So take it away. Beautiful lady.
1: Picture it. November 24th, 1971, the day before Thanksgiving. A man walked into an airport. He bought a ticket for a plane going from Portland, Oregon to Seattle, Washington for $20.
0: Imagine that. 20 bucks for an airplane ticket.
1: Well, it was only going (sighs) from Portland to Seattle, so it's not like it was going across the country. doesn't
0: matter. It's still still amazing. 20 bucks? That is awesome. It's great.
1: Yeah. The name on the ticket? Dan Cooper. And Dan Cooper? Dan Cooper. Not DB. Not DB Cooper. Dan Cooper. Okay. Continue. So Dan had on him a suit and a briefcase. No known luggage. He bought that ticket and he boarded the North, was it Northwest Orient Flight?
0: Yes. Northwest Orient. Yes. It was flight
1: 305. And it was a Boeing 727 airplane. He gets on the plane. Not too many passengers from the accounts given. And there's two stewardesses. Or I'm sorry, flight attendants on the plane.
0: I think they were called stewardesses back then. Yeah, but now
1: it's flight attendants. So I'm just Uh, trying to keep with the times. Okay. One named Florence, one named Tina. And there were two pilots. So, so I believe pilot and a co-pilot. Yeah, pilot right. and co-pilot. So I believe it was the uh, flight attendant, Florence, who went up to Mr. Cooper and he handed her a note. Now, all the accounts we've read and heard say that she put the note in her pocket because she's used to guys slipping her notes. Like, what does that say? I wonder if that still happens.
0: I don't I don't know if that
1: working like on an air like being A flight attendant and constantly having people like slip you notes that's kind of creepy i don't know i i think that that would be a little weird but apparently she was used to it
0: that's what she said yeah yeah i mean does it still happen i don't know maybe
1: i'm sure it does it's just kind of weird well but so he slips her a note she puts it in her pocket and he's like no no you you need to read that and it's basically saying that he's hijacking the plane he in his briefcase is a bomb to which he showed her and he had his list of demands
0: and what were those demands so far so good what were those demands
1: two hundred thousand dollars in cash and i believe it was all in 20s small bills small bills
0: well it depends on what account but we'll we'll say small bills for now
1: we're we're gonna get into all the different discrepancies Yes, that'll, that'll come Continue. he wanted four parachutes two regular back parachutes and two front chutes. what else did he want he wanted a like a sack a satchel a bag of some sort and am i missing anything else
0: I believe that was everything. Okay.
1: And so what he wanted is when the plane got to Seattle, he wanted all of his stuff and he was going to let everyone go. But then he wanted the flight crew. He wanted the flight crew to stay. He
0: wanted a fuel truck there to fuel them up because he wanted to fly from there to Mexico City. Mm -hmm.
1: And he had other odd demands. He didn't want the plane going above 10,000 feet. Right. He didn't... Again some accounts say different things But he didn't want it going faster than 180
0: 180 miles yeah, per hour seems to be the he Consensus He wanted
1: the uh, flaps on the wings He he wanted it like at 15 degrees Like down at 15 degrees So he wanted very specific things Yeah, Which makes people speculate and yes, it would just, yeah. just get, we'll, we'll get we'll back get to get that. We'll get into that. that. But yeah, so, and they had to, the flight attendant said that we will have to do a fuel stop somewhere. So they plan to stop at Reno to fuel the plane.
0: Reno, Nevada, correct. Mm-hmm. Yes.
1: Am I missing anything so far?
0: So far, so good.
1: Okay. So they get to Seattle. They get his parachutes. They get him his money, his bag. They do everything they need to do. And they take off while they're in the air. The pilots in the back of the Boeing 727. He orders
0: uh, the flight crew. Thank you. The stewardesses, flight attendants, whatever you call them now. I don't know the politically correct term and I don't care. He orders them to go to the front with the pilots. So he is by himself in the back of the plane the stu- the last stewardess i forget which one it was but i think it was i don't know Florence, whichever one yeah. it whichever one it was which she's like there was it, it's always recreated but she's closing like the blinds the curtains it's first
1: class between coach she's closing right, the curtain right she's closing the the, the dividing
0: the dividing curtain and she said she's thought she saw him tying something around his waist continue
1: now they're flying i believe it was between Washington and Portland, Oregon. Yes. Like, kind of close to that border.
0: Heavily wooded area.
1: Yes. And in the back of a Boeing 727, there's a staircase that comes down. And the lights went on that the staircase went down, and then they felt like a bump. So they, that's when they thought, it was like 8.13 p.m., I think, when they thought that that's when he jumped out of the plane.
0: They th- Yes. They, because so, they felt the pressure in the cabin... Mm-hmm change and
1: and they have like lights that show when the the doors open yeah so it's speculated that dan cooper got the money and he used the parachute to parachute out of the plane with his money and the way he got the name db cooper is well hold on
0: was he ever found no okay
1: allegedly no we're we're gonna get into that okay the reason everyone knows him as db cooper is is because a newspaper reporter had messy handwriting and it just got translated as DB and everyone ran with it. But it was really Dan Cooper so, on the ticket.
0: Right. So it's known as, D- as the DB Cooper case because that's just the name that got adopted widespread nationally. Again, you can't believe everything in the news because it's not always accurate. Here's a case in point. Even 50 years ago, this was happening. So it was Dan Cooper on the ticket. That's the name he gave. Mm-hmm. There was no photo ID shown or anything like that because it wasn't required. He paid in cash. So we're, we're to assume that was an alias. Why would you give your real name if you're going to pull right. off a skyjacking? <laughs> this is the only unsolved skyjacking in the history of history. N- he's never been caught. They st- the FBI still doesn't know who it is, or so they say.
1: And they closed the case, too. And they
0: closed the case after 45 years. Was it
1: 2016?
0: I believe that was the date. And they
1: closed, yeah.
0: Now, we're going to get into all the different problems with the case. Now, what Everything. you gave is...
1: Kind of basic.
0: A very basic overview of it. We'll get into a couple of the details as we remember them. Mm-hmm. And the big thing with this case is that it's all been put together with eyewitness accounts all through the testimony of eyewitnesses. So you have a sketch drawing, a composite drawing of what Dan Cooper looked like, of what D, we'll call him DB of what DB Cooper looked like put together by people that were eyewitnesses that say they saw him. So it's essentially a sketch and there's no actual photograph of the guy. And We've, we've mentioned it before. I've mentioned it before how the human mind is very fallible. We tend to remember things maybe not as accurately as they took place. Maybe we perceived something that happened that it wasn't actually the way that it, that it did happen. Eyewitness accounts are the worst kind of accounts because, they, again, the mind is fallible. It can remember things differently. And you're going to have 10 different eyewitnesses that give 10 different accounts. So, this whole case has been put together strictly on eyewitness accounts and testimony. So, there are... We watched a couple of different documentaries. I've listened to a bunch of different podcasts. we read I've different read things. read different articles. Yeah. There's a bunch of books out. All of them have different details in them. So, the details are... Different depending on where you get the story from. Yeah, Yeah. we're gonna go over some of those discrepancies. I think that has a lot to do with why this was never solved because it was all eyewitness stuff that's been put together and pieced together through the years. Now, in was it nineteen eighty they found some of the money?
1: Yeah, with nineteen eighty one. I think in Perhaps. Tina Bar. Yeah. Yes. They so, found
0: I think it was sixty five hundred dollars, sixty eight hundred dollars.
1: Um it varied. It was like fifty eight hundred dollars, fifty eight hundred, like five thousand eight hundred ninety-two dollars, six thousand dollars. Again, discrepancies in the amount, but approximately six grand.
0: Yeah. So six grand of the money, and we know it was the money because
1: the FBI track the serial number. So all those twenty dollar bills, it was twenty one pounds of money he was carrying.
0: Right. and Approximately,
1: yeah. all those bills, they wrote down all the numbers and we're gonna talk about that too, in terms of tracking the money. But a little boy was with his family on the beach of Tina Bar and in Washington. Yes, in Washington state, and he's playing on the beach and he's digging a hole to make a little fire pit and he finds a shit ton of money and some of it
0: was kind of burned. Score. Yeah. So they they the family contacts the authorities and they come to find out yeah it's the money that was cataloged and
1: Mhm. What do you think imagine if they just did it and they just started spending it well, how I mean, that would showed, throw off the FBI. Yeah.
0: Well I mean they showed the uh they showed the money, and it was burned. It, you couldn't use it for anything. It was burned. It was all deteriorated. Do you think if leathered. it wasn't
1: burned and deteriorate, deteriorated, do you think they would have kept it?
0: I don't That's a great question. I don't That's speculation. <laughs> Jeez. We're, 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 yeah, we're, let's not go down that road. But yeah,
1: so they find the money. They contact the FBI. So then that brings in more speculation about where... D.B. Cooper actually possibly landed when he jumped off the plane. There's been some people so think the plane route didn't yeah. go the normal way. Um, there was a storm.
0: The normal way of what? I guess there's a a normal, more sorry, the detail. normal route
1: that they would. It kind of went off, like a, was a little bit more like west than normal.
0: To go where?
1: To, to, to go to from um, yeah, Seattle, Seattle okay. to Reno. Okay. Yeah, like they're speculating it wasn't quite on the route that they thought the plane was on and that's why money showed up there. Of course, my first thought was, well, he probably like put it there. Cause this is what, 10 years after the fact, the money was found, take some of that money and put it there to throw people off your track.
0: If, if he survived. It, yes. Possible. And it was only about six grand. It wasn't 200,000. So where's the rest of the money? Good question, right? Mm-hmm. So, There have been over 900 people who have come forward and said that they were D.B. Cooper. There have been actual people who have come out and said it was their uncle, their Their father, their brother, their friend, their
1: husband, husband,
0: all different people. So there's so many different accounts Mm -hmm. and different people who have confessed to the skyjacking I'm sure the FBI probably had to investigate all of them. I've got my feelings on all that. We'll get into that in a little bit. But this is why this case has been, I guess, so fascinating for so many people because there's so many different people who've come out and admitted that it was them and and wanted to take credit for it. Now, if you think about it, D.B. Cooper, he didn't hurt anybody, right? If you see the, going by all the eyewitness accounts, the sketch... He looked like kind of a cool guy, I guess. Uh, He was a cool customer, according to all the eyewitness accounts, the stewardesses and everybody that dealt with him, the ticket agent that sold him his ticket, said he was pretty unassuming. And the stewardesses that dealt with him said that he was very, he was business. He was very cool, calm, and collected. Their words.
1: Not nervous if somebody was about to hijack a plane. Yeah,
0: not nervous at all that he was completely cool and calm and collected. Drinking his bourbon. He had a bourbon mm-hmm. was his drink of choice.
1: Now, I do you want to get into some discrepancies there?
0: Yeah, sure. Why not?
1: One documentary says he just drank straight bourbon. Another documentary said he We watched several documentaries. Several. And,
0: and they're... Yeah, they all it had... It all varies. They all had different...
1: Some said bourbon accounts. and water. Some said bourbon and soda, which is typically soda water. Some said bourbon and 7-Up. So it's just kind of weird. Like, where are you getting this from? Yeah. Like, was it just bourbon and people just speculate because that was the drink at the time? I don't know.
0: Or, or, or did he not even have a drink at all? Who knows? I, I, I don't know. Again, it's, it's, this is what happens when you're piecing together eyewitness accounts of things. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure the people that were putting together the documentary had their sources that they used to get information from. And those probably had these details. Now, the other thing with, with eyewitness accounts and documentaries or whatever else People take creative license when they're doing things like this, try to make things a little bit more interesting. They try to romanticize things. So details like the bourbon and soda, bourbon and water, whatever, could be tweaked and altered just a little bit just to maybe kind of fit a, a narrative, maybe make the guy seem cooler than he was. What? Who knows? It could be anything. But, yeah,
1: because I guess having like a glass of water probably doesn't seem as cool. <laughs> I,
0: I, I, right, right. Exa- who exactly. Yeah, who Exactly, who knows? We don't know what the... But this is just an example of one of the details that is just different in so many so many of the accounts of the you would think incident. If
1: she's serving like the flight attendant because she was on Unsolved Mysteries back in what the early nineties, late eighties, late
0: eighties, yeah, about fifteen about fifteen years after the yeah. So we'll say it was she, like mid yeah. to late eighties. If
1: she's serving the drink, you think that they would know. I,
0: I guess I don't know. Now the, uh, a lot of the problem was too that. The FBI files were very difficult to get a hold of, so a lot of people were just kind of going by media interviews of the different people uh, that witnessed the.
1: Since it's a um, closed case, yeah, one of the things that I do want to do is I want to file a right to know request with the Seattle Police Department and the FBI for the records for that report because it cannot be uh, released until the case is closed. It's now closed. So, that's something... So,
0: you want to get all these files? Yeah. I want to get
1: copies of everything. So, we'll do a follow-up
0: episode when we get those files in about 10 years. Just keep in
1: mind, I was researching, yeah, because I looked at like Seattle police and especially with everything going on there right now, but it says it takes like 6 to 12 months to get those
0: Why would you want the Seattle police, though? The FBI is the one that handled everything. Because they were on the scene,
1: too. So, you don't know what they might have in their report. Do they have any photographs? Do they have every? They might have given everything to the FBI, but they should have a copy of any th- report of theirs. Now again, it was 1971, so they might not. It, they'd probably have to go into their archives, but it's worth a shot.
0: All right. So in 10 years, when we get all this information and have the time to go through it all, we'll do a follow-up episode. There you go. Wonderful. So yeah, a lot of the <laughs> getting back on track. A lot of the details are just off because they're all eyewitnesses and. Again, as time goes on, maybe you add in a couple of details that you remember later. Those kind of things happen.
1: One of the things to keep in mind, too, is the passengers had allegedly had no idea that this was happening.
0: On the first leg of the trip, yes. It wasn't
1: until they got off the plane and the FBI started directing them, we have to talk to you, where they realized. So they might they weren't really nervous on the plane it was just whatever they might not be paying attention
0: most of, yeah from from a couple of the different accounts that i've read they didn't even nobody really noticed him he was kind of an unassuming guy just kind of hanging out mm-hmm.
1: there's one guy kind of across from him diagonal from him yeah. who you know reckon he could describe him but for the most part if nobody's really paying attention and then if they knew that the plane was being hijacked being under such stress could cause them to misremember as well. So either way, it's going to make it difficult because you're depending mind on other people.
0: Is fallible. It is, and that's what this whole case is based on: is human mm. testimony, eyewitness testimony, yes. whatever you want to call it. Yeah. So, you and I were watching one of the many documentaries. I'm not going to name them. You just go. You can find. There's so many different ones out there. The story's been told so many different ways, so many different times. There's a movie made about it. There's there's no shortage of, of ways for you to go and look into this yourself. There is a danger, though, of going down a really deep rabbit hole because there is so much to this case as far as trying to figure out who it was that did it. Do you want to get into maybe some of these suspects, some of the prime suspects?
1: There's like a handful of people I want to talk about. All right. One person is Dwayne Weber. Now, Dwayne Weber was a man. He had a criminal record. He was a man. He was a man with a criminal record. He was a gentleman. Is that better? He, he did serve. Did he serve in Vietnam? I believe. His wife, Joe, came forward after he died saying that while he was on his deathbed, he confessed he was D.B. Cooper.
0: No, he confessed to his wife that he was Dan Ah, Cooper. Thank you. He was Dan Um, Cooper. I'm Dan Cooper, is what he said to his wife. Mm -hmm. His wife has no idea who the hell Dan Cooper is. She doesn't know. So she starts researching Dan Cooper and comes to find out That's D.B. Cooper. That's the name he used. Mm -hmm. She went to her library, her local library, checked out a book on D.B. Cooper, and in the book was her husband's handwriting was in the margins. I was unable to find out what that handwriting said, but we just know that this guy checked out this book from his local library and wrote something in the margins. I don't know what it was. But she believes that he confessed to her that he was the... Infamous Skyjacker. Mm-hmm. And she, I guess, is still trying to crusade to prove that it was her husband.
1: But she also made it sound like she didn't want it to be her husband. She, so I think she's just trying to find the truth. I
0: think she's just trying to figure out, right, exactly.
1: Because with that, there's good and bad. There's notoriety if it's her husband. But then again, if it's her husband, then he's a criminal that did this. And.
0: Well, yeah, he 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 was, but again, going back to something I said earlier, I think some of the mystique of why people think D.B. Cooper's so cool is because he was portrayed as this cool customer. He didn't hurt anybody, mm-hmm. right? I mean, he, he said he had a bomb, but chances are it probably wasn't real. He didn't, again, he didn't really hurt anybody physically. I mean, yeah, he traumatized, I'm sure, the, the flight attendants and the and the pilots, but they survived, they lived, he didn't... Mm-hmm manhandle them in any way he didn't hurt them in any way and it was two hundred thousand dollars it wasn't like it was a trillion or a you know whatever i mean that's a lot of it's, money especially yeah, for back, say, then. back then
1: that's a lot of money but
0: he he got he was never found he kind of got away with it so that kind of builds up the mystique over the years The more time that goes by that he's not caught people start to think wow this guy this guy was cool he and he jumps out of a plane. But not just that. You know, it's, it's, he, there's a lot of elements here that make him kind of like this mythical figure.
1: But it's also, too, he might not have gotten away with it. He might have died.
0: That's one of the theories is he that he died, died because yeah. of the wooded area that he jumped in. Now, now, we left out a detail, actually, a couple of details, sorry. It was at nighttime, which is very important. You're you're jumping out of a plane at mm-hmm. night with a parachute. Tough to see below you, right? He jumped over a wooded area, Mm -hmm. heavily wooded area. Allegedly. We'll get into that We'll get into that. And it was raining. There was a storm. It was a storm. So kind of a lot of things there that people that maybe think that he didn't survive, they've got a little bit of ammunition there. And the fact that they found some of the money burned and deteriorated, did he perhaps land and burn some of the money to stay warm? Because, again... All we know that he was wearing was that suit and, and, a, and a trench coat and that's it. So in almost winter time mm-hmm. up in that part of the country, you can be able to stay warm just wearing that. You, you know, I mean, maybe you don't he had, know what he had, maybe on he had something on under it too. We Did don't know. he have we something know. else
1: in his briefcase? We, we don't know. We don't know. We don't know. One of the things I want to talk about is the parachute. Okay. He asked for four parachutes. Now from most accounts, the back parachute, the main chute, he got two different kinds, a more modern one and then a military style one. Now, there were discrepancies with that. Some accounts said that he went for the more modern chute. Other accounts said he used the military chute. And then other accounts, aside from that, said one of the chutes was a dummy chute made to not open. One documentary even stated that they had it there. Like it was like, I, I forget where, do you know, remember where it was kept? I forget
0: where it was kept. It might be it's in a being museum kept somewhere. somewhere, but it was kept somewhere and they showed it. But
1: the they didn't say which shoot it is. Right. And I think that's really weird. Why can't we get any straight answers as to which parachute? Did he take the military one? Did he take the modern one? And which one was the dummy chute that wasn't set to open? Because wouldn't that kind of answer things for us? Because if he took the dummy chute, even with the front parachute, odds are he might. It brings down the chance that he made this jump, right?
0: There are a lot of questions you're asking that I'm feeling. We yeah, we're
1: gonna bring up like a million (laughs) questions and have no answers for you, but it's to get you to think about this stuff.
0: This is all yeah, because again, this this whole thing. There's so many questions that have never been answered. Now, one of the things you and I noticed, and we're going to jump around quite a bit now, but we've got the basic story of what happened out of the way. And now we're going to get into the fun stuff. Hypothesizing, theorizing, and all that good stuff. One of the things when we're watching one of the dramatization reenactments of the whole thing was they they lowered the stairs on the 727 in the back and they said that they could. The pilot said that he could tell he jumped because of the. It's like he felt a bump. He felt something. like a bump, so almost like you know somebody goes down and you know weight coming off of something, and so he felt the the plane kind of shift. You and I both, it's like we were reading each other's minds at the same time. Said, "Well, what? what th- that doesn't mean he jumped. What if he just did that to throw them off?" And this, is, this brings in mind another question, that, which you and I both said, too, at the what same time. What if he
1: didn't jump?
0: What if he didn't jump? What if he didn't get Could, off the plane? What yeah. if he didn't jump at all? What if he
1: stayed on the plane the whole time? He stayed on the time? plane
0: and hid. That's another thing that has never been I, said anywhere in any documentary, in any and report. And I've searched.
1: I've read different articles online. I've tried to see, like, I know they searched the plane, but... But how sure. deeply did they search? Did they search the luggage, the cargo area? Is there a way? Because if he had, because they speculate, this is a guy with like military history because he seems to know a lot of like flying history.
0: Pe- people, yeah, people speculate he was either a pilot, somebody that was in the military or somebody that maybe possibly worked for the airline. Mm-hmm. Somebody that had knowledge of airplanes.
1: Yeah. And so what if he knew from where he was, he could get into another section of the plane and hide and then just crawl out and run away.
0: Crawl out when the plane landed yeah. in Reno and ran, got away. Or you know who knows what was in that briefcase? Now, the stewardess said that she saw a bomb. She said what what appeared to be a bomb. Now, obviously, she's not. I mean, if you showed me open up a suitcase, said this is a bomb, and I saw a bunch of tubes and wires and things, all I, I'd go, okay. I don't know. I'm not trained. I don't know. I have no idea. I-
1: that's not a bond, you <laughs> silly. That's yeah. fake. Yeah, right. You gonna take that I, I, chance?
0: Right now. So of course we're we're to assume that, but as was pointed out in one of the documentaries we watched, we don't know what else was in that briefcase. Mm-hmm. He just kind of quickly opened it, and she kind of saw. Now he could have put other things in that briefcase that he could have used, perhaps a duffel bag to put the money in, and I think that was one of the
1: items—a mm-hmm. knife food a or knife, gloves food,
0: a lighter we don't know things that you could use to and survive you don't know what
1: he had in his pockets either. he
0: could have had um, now going on the theory that our theory that he didn't jump yeah he could have put up one of those fake mustaches a bald cap a baseball hat something something to blend in he could have been wearing uh one of those uh, baggage you know like those airline uniforms mm-hmm. that like the baggage claim attendants and people he could have that on under his suit if he hit on the plane, and when it landed he gets out of wherever he was hiding and he can blend in and look like he's somebody that works for the airline, and he gets away. He maybe you know maybe he he gets the duffel bag whatever he we don't know we have no idea mm-hmm. because that from anything I've seen I've been unable to find how thoroughly the plane was searched. So, and again, I don't have knowledge of this plane either. So it could be that there really isn't anywhere to hide. And that's why it's never really mentioned. Mm -hmm. But not knowing that information, that was one of the first things we said was, who's to say the fricking guy jumped? Maybe he didn't even jump.
1: Yeah, because that was like the first thing I thought of. I'm sitting there and I'm just taking into account, how clever would that be? You make everyone think you jumped out of the plane. You asked for parachutes. Everyone's going to be searching for you, thinking you jumped somewhere and you didn't.
0: Pretty brilliant. Right? It's 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 classic. Uh, what's the term? Misdirection. Yes. Everybody's looking for you know they're looking for you down here because they think that's where you jumped.
1: Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe you even, he's a magician. Maybe
0: you even toss some money out there. Maybe yeah. Maybe you take a, you know you band it some all together and money. you toss yeah. it out and it gets found. Ten years later, you know, who knows? It, I'm just saying it's a possibility. But again, that's just going off the information that we found.
1: Mm-hmm. Now that's, some people speculate. That there's a couple of things, as I said before, that the airplane route didn't go the way everyone thinks it does. It went off course a little bit, which is why there was money found at Tina Bar. There is also speculation that he didn't actually jump until he got to Reno, Nevada.
0: Yeah, that was one of the one of the documentaries um, hypothesized that. And they that showed sense. They showed the flight path. They showed that. If you see the topography of the region, it'd be a better place to jump. Well, yeah, because Because if you look at... there's nothing, nothing around. It's totally flat. I mean, yeah, there's like some desert brush and whatever, but
1: there's nothing around. Yeah, the Northwest, like where they were with all the trees, you could get impaled on a pine tree. You could land in a lake or a river. And the water's cold so you could get hypothermia. So it doesn't really make sense to jump there but you make them think that you jumped there. You make them think
0: you jumped there, right. And again, another thing, another detail I was unable to find anywhere was whether or not, or or how quickly the steps were brought back up by the flight crew. We don't know if they were or if they weren't. I I don't, I'm not sure if they're automatic, if they're manual, I don't know.
1: Because I questioned at what point did one of the flight attendants go back there to see if he's there? Did, was it until they got to Reno? I can't imagine the plane could land I with the stairs down. I believe
0: their instructions were to remain in the front until the plane landed. That's I, what I believe the instructions were. So that how he do gave you know? Them?
1: Another documentary mentioned, but I couldn't find this anywhere else. They had three fighter jets following the airplane. Yeah. So they would have seen him jump.
0: Maybe. It, it all depends because they're not going to, it's nighttime. Remember that. So are you really going to see somebody jumping out of the plane if you're not looking right at, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and if he, if it's dark, are you going to see the shoot when it goes? If you're, if you don't know that you're looking for a shoot, I mean, I, I don't know uh, again. And if, if, if you have planes following another plane, if he jumped, maybe he waited Again, based on—this is all crazy theories, but maybe he waited till he saw the fighter jets fly overhead before he pulled his core. I I don't know. Because if you're in a fighter jet, you're looking at the plane ahead. You're not looking behind you. So I, I don't know. It's quite possible that the fighter jets, if they were there—again, only one account we read or saw had that detail in, in it. So— I don't even know how accurate that is. But that's
1: kind of part of the point is there's so many details that some people say happen and some people don't mention and it's it's different.
0: One of the things that was kind of universal, one of the details that was kind of universally in most of the accounts was that one of the demands Cooper had was that they take off with the back stairs down. And the pilot kind of went back and forth with him saying he can't fly the plane like that. He can't take off with the stairs down. So Cooper acquiesced to that and said, fine, take off with the with the steps up. And you know, he'll put him down later or, or if he had the pilot put him down. I, I, I'm, again, that's a detail I'm not sure of. And I don't know 727 planes. So I don't know if that's a manual thing that you have to do manually. Can you do it manually? Does it have to be done remotely by a button in the... Cockpit, I I don't know. I think I'm not after sure.
1: this, they changed the 727 from what I read. They altered the 727 after this incident. So the stairway um, cannot be brought down while in flight. Like the pilot has to control when the stairs go down. So okay. I believe it was a manual. You could do it from back there at any point. You could open it.
0: Are you sure of that?
1: I'm pretty sure.
0: Okay. That's just, I'm not going to speak to it because I, I d- wasn't able to find that information. That's, that didn't come up in any of the stuff that I looked up. Fair enough. But that was one of the things. And the other thing was that I guess he was really kind of rushing the pilots and trying to rush them while they were refueling because he wanted to get the hell out of there. He didn't want the, the authorities to get him. And uh, another one of the theories is that the reason he wanted all the money ready in such a short amount of time was so they wouldn't have time to photograph and, and, uh, account for the money, get the serial numbers. Mm-hmm. Now, that may also be why he chose Thanksgiving Eve, because you, you figure most people are off on that day. It's a, it's a holiday. You're not going to have as many people working. So if you have a request for $200,000 in small bills, who's going to photograph it, who's going to, you know, do all that stuff. But, They stalled long enough where they could get that done before Mm -hmm. giving him the cash. Now, that's one of the things, getting to the cash. Supposedly, none of that money, aside from the nearly $6,000 that was found in 81, none of that money's ever turned up in circulation, supposedly. So that's another thing that's pretty interesting.
1: It leads speculation of either one, he never made it out alive, He never got to spend the money because he's dead somewhere and we just haven't found him. It could be that possibly he just never spent the money, which would seem weird. But then one documentary brought up why he could have spent the money and it never showed up. And why is that? Because even though they had all the numbers... Back then in the early 70s, it's not like it was now. You have people physically taking note of that. How off, how, how, what is the chance if he does like $20 here, 40 bucks here and there that it's actually going to get picked up on? Then once it goes how they destroy cash after so long, it's supposed to be checked, but that was all done by hand. So give them like some kind of ratty bills too, so it won't get circulated as much. It's very possible that he used all the money and it just slipped through the cracks.
0: Right. And also, apparently, the year prior to the hijacking, there was some kind of law passed by Congress having to do with the money and and, uh, keeping track of it in that certain way. And it could be that that law was so new that people weren't really used to it yet and were just kind of, eh, kind of laissez-faire about it pretty non about following it because it was so new and it maybe wasn't being enforced all that all that much just yet and usually with new laws like that they don't go into effect immediately there's usually like a grace period like okay as of this day or whatever we're gonna train people to to do everything so it could very well be that the money maybe was spent immediately or incrementally here and there just was never picked up because really if you're a bank teller or you're a and again, if you're, if you're going to the grocery store, they're going to be able to trace back the money to, to this. This is 1971 we're talking about. Mm-hmm. There wasn't all these, you know, surveillance everywhere. You it it know, seems like very like
1: unlikely that this guy just went into a bank and deposited. Oh, here's $200,000. But that's
0: another theory, too, is that maybe the money didn't... If he survived, mm-hmm. maybe the money didn't show up in circulation because it could be that he just took all the money and put it in a safe deposit box somewhere. It's not like a if you go and get a safety deposit box at, at a bank, they don't ask you what you're putting in there. It's none of their business. Mm-hmm. So that could very well be the case too. It might be just sitting at a bank somewhere and it'll never get discovered <laughs> unless they go through and do an audit of everybody's safety deposit box in banks around the world essentially because it yeah. could be anywhere Yeah. if he survived.
1: He could have gone to another country had right. the cash exchange there?
0: Could be, could be. And what what are the what are the chances of? Uh, so the the whole money thing to me, I, I kind of that one I can see slipping through the cracks. Mm-hmm. So I don't really put that much stock into it. Aside from the six grand that was found, the money's never been located anywhere that we know of.
1: Mm-hmm. Something else I want to bring up about a discrepancy. Okay his tie
0: He was wearing a clip on tie and before he jumped <laughs> yeah and before he jumped he took it off and left it on the seat mm-hmm. Of, of, one, of, the, of uh, one of the seats on the plane.
1: That seemed to be the only evidence he left of himself. He was yeah. chain smoking and he had the cigarette butts, but apparently that got lost, which is going to come up later, which was kind of weird.
0: Yeah, there wasn't DNA testing was, yeah. and stuff back then. But so if it's they held like they, on
1: to it, if they didn't lose it. What's weird they is they said that was it, yeah. lost. And I thought that was kind of interesting that they lost it, but Again, such a yeah. big case.
0: Again, that's something that was said so how accurate was it mm-hmm. I, I, that's why i'd really love to see those fbi files yeah <laughs> I'd really love so to see all he that left stuff. his
1: clip on tie on the plane now allegedly people have been able to get their hands on it and they have tested particles on this tie a couple and different places have couple yeah. different labs mm-hmm. have tested the particles and there were two different documentaries with two different answers as to where he could have been with that tie
0: well the the stuff that was found on his tie based off the particles found yes
1: based off the particles found on one documentary it said with the specific particles on the tie because there was like a whole bunch but the ones that really stood out where you could tie him back to being somewhere particles that were only found at a Boeing plant So he had they speculated he was some kind of plant manager or something where he was constantly working inside the plant and those types of particles would get on his tie. However,
0: that's one of them.
1: Another documentary stated that the particles found had to do with red phosphorus used in certain tubing for televisions and radar and things of that nature. And so he probably worked at some kind of plant with that red phosphorus or a rate like where they made radar or where they made televisions, something along that line. So I just thought it was really weird that you have these particles that stand out, but you're still like, there's different places where it says he could have come from to have those particles on the tie. Yeah. It's just weird, right?
0: Well, it's, it's different. <laughs> it's, it's, it's another one of those things that l- leads to why this hasn't been solved because there's so much <laughs> information that's just conflicting or contradictory so yeah
1: and you had mentioned we're kind of going through suspects kind of it seems like sprinkled in there's another suspect kenny christians Christensen. yes you had mentioned it was speculated that somebody worked for the airline
0: that's one of the theories yeah
1: so from what i've read kenny worked for northwest orient and his brother Lyle is adamant. It was his brother who was Dan Cooper. So that's another. Could have been. And it was like, okay, <laughs> well, been. he worked for the airline, made sense. It came out after the guy had died. His brother came out and said it, but
0: now why? Why though? Do you know why? I
1: don't. I don't remember why. All right. Do you? So
0: because there's pictures of him right around that time where. He's wearing sunglasses and, and the suit and the, the coat and everything where he looks remarkably similar to the sketch of the, the, the widely distributed sketch, which we'll get into in a second. Yep. Let me get through this first, though. And when he died, when Kenny Christensen died, he had exactly two hundred thousand dollars in his bank account. So there, so there's there you go. Now, does that mean that the guy the guy hijacked a plane? Um, no. Excuse me. It <laughs> doesn't, doesn't mean that. But You that's...
1: have $200,000 in your bank account. You must be D.B. Cooper. Right?
0: Uh, he looked remarkably like the guy in the sketch. And his brother is saying that he confessed it to him. So, but
1: let's talk about that sketch.
0: Okay. So, all right, so that's Kenny Christensen. So now you want to talk about the sketch. Yes. Yeah, so let's now we're going to it. talk
1: about the sketch. The flight attendant, Florence Schaffner, I think, yeah. Florence Schaffner. She was on Unsolved Mysteries. Yes. They did a little thing about this case.
0: A little thing? It was a big thing.
1: It was only like 10 minutes. Whatever.
0: Anyway, Unsolved Mysteries back in the 80s. Awesome show. Robert Stack. Hell yeah.
1: Yes. One of the things that she brought up is that the sketch wasn't really accurate.
0: Yeah, she felt that it didn't really look like what she remembered D. she Cooper said she like. spent
1: the most time with him she remembers what he looks like so this made me think of a lot of questions one if it's not accurate why would like again i don't know this why so has it
0: been so widely circulated if it's why not wouldn't accurate, you According come to forward the woman say, who spent the most time I with spent him the most
1: time with him. take my like let me give you the sketch because they did a sketch and it looked a little different but she said that was more accurate the people who have come forward Why would you not show her? And maybe this happened, but we don't know. We can't find this information. Why not go to her and say, hey, here's a picture of this guy. Was that him? Instead of having, just go to the person who was there with them the whole time. Is this the guy? Is this the guy? This person came forward. Does that look like him? Especially back then. And within like even the next 10 years to come, ask the person who was there.
0: Makes sense to me.
1: It's just really weird all these things to me just seem so bizarre. Doesn't add up.
0: Right. Who else you got for a uh, suspect?
1: I want to say his name differently, <laughs> but Robert Rackstraw.
0: Yes, this one. This one. I think this one's pretty promising.
1: It seems like the one. Could, he because of his mil- military background. He was a paratrooper. He what else? There were a few things. He he served allegedly served for the CIA.
0: He worked for the CIA. Yeah. Hmm.
1: That's a big one. But I thought there was something else with him.
0: There was. He was. Uh, he was ver- very uh, well versed in code, and that's uh, yes. that, that's that's something we forgot to mention. Thank you. This is very important. There was somebody claiming to be db cooper who sent six letters to a newspaper in was it seattle a was seattle it one newspaper? or was it several it was six letters what
1: oh to different pla- was it one newspaper I, or several? It was okay. newspaper I believe it was the same
0: newspaper i believe it was the same newspaper because again you see one. these
1: stories but sometimes these details are either left out or it's just something different
0: right So And and it maybe wasn't mentioned because it could be... Maybe people just wrote it off as, well, yeah, I mean, you have 900 people claiming to be the guy. It's probably somebody having fun and sending letters to the newspaper. Well, only four of those letters were published and two were not published, but I guess in the two that were not published that were kept from the public, but I guess were in the FBI files, he pretty much says who he is in in, in code. In code. And his code is broken by... a, a. guy that served with him in the military. So he essentially admitted to being DB Cooper and that he did it because he wanted to get out of the system. This is in the letters and we'll put links to all this stuff in the show notes so everybody can check it out. But the way he was going to get out of the system was by taking this money and getting out of the system, whatever that, whatever that means. But for back then, 200 grand was a lot of money and he figured that was enough to get him out of the system according to the letters that he wrote. And in those letters, I forget how the codes were deciphered or, or, or how he encoded all this information. But essentially, when the code was broken by this guy who served with Rick Straw, it said, I'm Rickstraw, it said, I am Robert Rickstraw. said Rockstraw, excuse me. said his name. And he pretty much spelled it out. Yeah, it was me. Yeah. And Dan Cooper is not real, or D.B. Cooper is not real, was also said. Which I think everybody pretty much realized. Yeah, it's obviously a... How clever would it be
1: if that was really his name? Because he'd be like, nobody would think I'd use my real name. The guy's real name is Dan Cooper. He didn't jump off the plane. It's a pretty
0: common name, too. (laughs) It is, yeah. think about it, so... Yeah, So so that was... That's why I think that was a promising one. And also just the fact that he worked for the CIA and we'll get into what we think in a minute or in a few minutes. Yeah. But.
1: Because that's kind of at the end of everything, all the things read, documentaries watched. I came up to my own conclusion. I kind of. you really want to get into our conclusions right now before having some more fun with this? I came up to my own conclusion and then you started coming around. So we're going to get there shortly, but still going to talk about a few more things. Go on.
0: All right. Was there anybody else that you had?
1: I only wanted to focus on those three because there's so many. I felt like those were kind of. I'm going to tell you some
0: crazier theories, but they're but they're pretty fun, and and they. I mean, you can't rule them out because again, nobody (laughs) knows. You don't know for sure.
1: You can't prove it, and you can't not prove it.
0: So there is a theory out there that Dan Cooper was actually a woman. Ooh. And there is a suspect. I do not remember the name, and I'm not like you where I take meticulous notes. I, I do a lot from memory. And here I am, the guy saying the human mind is fallible, and, and all I do, I do everything from memory. Yeah, makes sense, right? Discrediting myself here. Well,
1: I write it down, and but, then I remember it from writing it
0: down. Well, I don't do any of that. <laughs> uh, so I can't remember the name, but there there was a uh, one of the first gender reassignment surgeries that was ever done in the United States. And was done to a former para, uh, a paratrooper, a military paratrooper. So the the theory is that Cooper was actually a woman, and the reason that they never found DB Cooper is because they've been looking all this time for a man when it was in fact a woman who pulled this off. I mean, it's this. It's a crazy theory, but if you think about it, it's kind of genius, right? Yeah. You were a man, born a man biologically, and then you decided, "Ah, I'm not really, I don't want to be a man anymore, I want to be a woman, whatever, you know, to each your own, and has the surgery. But then, obviously, you still have the build of a man. I mean, you, you can get, and this is, remember, this is 1971. The technology and all this stuff, it's not like it is now. Medicine wasn't like it is now. They couldn't do all the things that they do now. So it could be that you know your your bone structure doesn't really change.
1: Unless you have plastic surgery you're, to do that.
0: Right. But again, how common was that back then? It really wasn't. This was a new thing. So it could be that this per, if this was the case that this person was able to look like a man, essentially because
1: but how clever would it be even if you didn't have gender reassignment, but just you're a woman and you dress like a man
0: could yeah it could be yeah, he, absolutely that'd be real clever too, but again, it's the voice you know those type of things are are i think we have to take into account as yeah. well. But if if you have a deep voice and you could be mistaken for a for a man and you're a woman, I, there is all kinds of different things. So that is one of the cr- more crazy theories that I that I heard. But when that's I, a pretty cool theory. But when I saw the evidence pointing to this particular person, I was like, "Huh, it's interesting." And it would explain why you never caught him because you're looking for a guy when you're re- it's really a woman. Clever. It's a it's a it's a theory. Yeah. Now. Did you did you have any crazy theories that you came across that you wanted to talk about? Because I got another really good one.
1: No, I just want to talk about my own, but we'll do that at the you, end.
0: You, it's all about you. just want to talk about you all the time. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> I got to have some fun with you here. So this one, this is a good one. Uh, this one I really enjoyed. And it ties into something that we've talked about on our show previously. Do you remember the name Frank Morris?
1: Yes. You just kind of mentioned it to me in passing, like a little snippet. Go on.
0: Okay, you got all excited there.
1: Because I know what you're going to say. There is
0: a guy who says that he met Frank Morris and the Anglin brothers and knew them very well and that they were in Mexico. Now, anybody that's not familiar with who Frank Morris and the Anglin brothers are, we talked about them in our show on Alcatraz. They're we'll the back three inmates who escaped but were never found and were presumed dead. And this guy says that he found them and came across them when he was spending a lot of time in Mexico. This gentleman is a doctor. He owns a gym. He owns his own practice. And he says that he came across Frank Morris, who... Kinda hinted to him that he was D.B. Cooper, and that he pulled off this bank heist. And yeah, there's he's got a lot of. He actually wrote a book, which I which I ordered. I'm gonna read the book uh, when it when it arrives. And yeah, he's got a lot of compelling information, which it's pretty crazy because just the fact. I mean, we kind of determined. We kind of came to the conclusion those guys probably survived they did escape yeah. they survived and there's th- there was a picture of the two brothers that surfaced many many years later they were uh, it was them so they definitely survived and now what if they survived and then th- they needed money and frank morris pulls off a of skyjacking i think that's pretty cool it's
1: a really cool theory
0: now the the only thing with this theory that makes it even crazier is that this gentleman, this doctor who ha- who came out with this information, also said that he believes Frank Morris was also, along with the Anglin brothers, was the Zodiac killer. Yeah, it's dun, it's, dun, dun. it's a it's a crazy theory. Wow. A- a yes, and he's not the only one that said this. There are a couple of other people that have come out and said I they have information that can tie the Zodiac killer to DB Cooper to Frank Morris, and it's it's crazy. But there's, yeah, it's, it's a, like I told you the other day, I was going down a rabbit hole. Yes. Yeah. This is what I'm talking
1: I know, about. I always he's like, I'm going down a rabbit hole. I'm like, don't worry, honey, I'll pull you back up.
0: It's, it's crazy, but there's so many things that they just line up. And again, this is all, this is people who are saying they came across the, there's over 900 people that have confessed to the crime. So these are just people that have said they've come across these people and these are their theories and that allegedly these people confessed to them now morris never came out and said he was db cooper but he g- left this guy coded messages he kind of hinted at different things and this guy was able to kind of put the pieces together and he's got a we'll put it in the show notes he's got a youtube channel where he's got a ton of videos where he talks about this and a bunch of other stuff it's pretty interesting m-
1: maybe frank morris did that just just to- Again, just to throw people off, just to... Well, I, I, it could throw be. Throw confusion out there. Possibly. Maybe I don't know. Like, for whatever reason, it's possible people say that they do things that they didn't do. It's very possible.
0: Of course, it's po- anything yeah. is possible. That's That's the thing with this. One it's, thing I
1: just remembered, though, that sure. we forgot to mention. Yeah. We talk about the body in terms of if he didn't make it, why did they never find a body? Yeah. One theory that I forgot to mention was after the hijacking Mount Saint Helen's erupted
0: erupted in 1980 yeah.
1: 1980 yeah now you would think be, they would have found a body before then but there's speculation that the all the ash and everything that came down could have covered him and that's why people still can't find right, him
0: right because the the area that they the FBI believes is the drop zone where he would have landed and again this is coming off this is going off the data uh, from the pilot saying that he felt the pressure and all, you know, all that stuff that the pilot said where he thought this is the time that he jumped. They determined a specific area to be the drop zone. That particular area ended up getting, was, it was in the path of destruction of Mount St. Helens when it erupted. So again, we're talking about a heavily wooded area that they searched, but I mean, how, how thoroughly can you search an area and and who knows how treacherous the terrain was. Mm -hmm. It's not populated for a reason because it's, the, you know it's heavily wooded there's, yeah. there's mountains and everything else so
1: just something i forgot to uh, mention is, which i thought a, was worth mentioning
0: it's definitely worth mentioning yeah because mm-hmm. if he did die if he did not survive he could have been covered up by ash or maybe he could have been in the path of lava that that, that, that came down who knows who knows but yeah well, hopefully he was
1: dead by that point
0: <laughs> yeah hopefully right so yeah that, that was that's a that's a good good thing to bring up mm-hmm. um but yeah, getting back to the Frank Morris thing, it, I mean, how crazy is that?
1: That is crazy. It's, it's nuts. When think awesome. about that. Yeah, it's but cool but just one that. of the
0: crazier theories. Now, there's so many other ones we can get into. There's there's a theory that DB Cooper was a priest. Uh, somebody came out and said that it, it was somebody that they knew, and uh, I think, think a lot a, of people came out and said was, it was somebody that. There's a bunch about. of yeah. There's a bunch of books that are out on it. Mm-hmm. They all have very compelling arguments and. These people say that the person that they said was DB Cooper confessed it to them. There's kids that have come out and said my dad confessed to me. It was him. He showed me the uh, he showed me the money. He had it in a trunk. He had the parachute. He, all kinds of different crazy stories. But they're all, I mean, they're, they're as credible as any other one, I guess. Because how do you determine who's telling the truth and who isn't? It's so hard because the case again. On its face, there's just so many issues with the eyewitness accounts and the story. There's so many discrepancies. There's so many discrepancies, so many contradictions, so many questions that haven't been answered or maybe have been answered but just haven't been made public. Yeah. So it's tough. It, there's a lot of speculation, and really that's all anybody can do. That's why it's a very it, – it's tricky because you can go down a rabbit hole looking yeah. into all the different people and all and, and exploring all the different theories. Now – if you don't have anything else you want to mention, I want to get into what you think is the case with D.B. Cooper. What is your theory on everything? Because I've, I think I've gone a little more into the, the fringe kind of theories mm-hmm. on it, but I have my own theory as well. So I want to hear yours first, and then I'll give mine.
1: Okay. As I said before, after all was said and done, after read, doing a lot of reading, watching a lot of documentaries, hearing different people's stories... I feel like it's all bullshit. I think that it wasn't what everyone said it was. You have minimal amount of witnesses. You have a flight attendant who, again, she's saying the sketch doesn't match, and it was kind of bizarre. You have just so many discrepancies. I think... It didn't actually happen. I think it was just something made up. Now, who made it up? Could it be the FBI? Could it be the CIA? I don't know, but I think that it's all bullshit.
0: So you don't think there was ever a skyjacking that took place? I don't. I I don't. You think think it was completely made up? Completely out of whole cloth? Totally fabricated. Why?
1: I wonder, because was it to start changing, get the ball rolling to change regulations? Because there were a lot of skyjackings happening at that time.
0: There, more so after mm-hmm. this incident, more copycats came up. More people, tra- more people were, were attempting this kind of thing. And in turn, what happened was airport security started to get tighter. They started introducing x-ray machines into airports. It's not like it is now, by any means. No,
1: but it brought but, more security. But
0: pre-9-11, security got a little bit tighter. So, but it's
1: got to start somewhere.
0: So is that what happened here? Was, I don't know. Is that what you think, that this was just a way to get, to start getting the I ball think, rolling on I getting think more was, security? I
1: think it was get the ball rolling on something, but I'm not 100% sure what. I also read something else I thought was interesting, that in regards to the Boeing 727... There was, I guess, an airline, there was a group that were working on using those rear stairs that open up to use it as a slide, make a slide to transport cargo to countries that the U.S. really shouldn't be in. So that way they could drop cargo on the border, like Laos and certain countries that they shouldn't have been in at the time. And that happened shortly after. So it just makes you question, okay, like what's going on? I'm not 100% sure why they would have done it, but it just nothing makes sense with this. So part of me is like, okay, it's just complete, total, utter bullshit. And then there's the small part where if it was real, he probably didn't even jump off the plane. but Or he, he definitely didn't jump where they say he jumped.
0: I'm not going to say I totally agree with you, but I think your theory has some merit. I can see where it would be plausible. I think there was a person who did all this. I, I think it'd be really tough to get all these people to say what they said, uh, to get eyewitnesses and, and all this And I'm not saying that there thing. wasn't
1: a guy on the plane.
0: Where did the money come from? You know, all that kind of thing. Okay, what are you saying then? Like,
1: they could have acted it all out, per se. Who acted The people on the plane. But so if you the think that you involved, had two pilots, f- two flight attendants, all these basically passengers? Five people. The okay. passengers are just the passengers. Okay, but if you have the pilots and the flight attendants and Dan Cooper, that's only five people who really need to be involved. And maybe just maybe just one flight attendant knew. Well, that's, maybe just one captain knew. So the less people that you have involved, the better.
0: So you think that they were all kind of in on it together, possibly, possibly, and they split the money after after the fact.
1: I don't think. There was any money to split i think it just went back to the fbi it was just all a ruse
0: but why would they do that
1: again i don't know if it was to start that increasing security get that ball rolling
0: so you think this was like a false flag operation yeah. essentially yeah for lack of a better term well i mean no it's, it, that defines a false flag is something yeah. that was completely orchestrated to put something into place that they otherwise wouldn't be able to do okay that's that's very interesting that's an it's a interesting theory and there are theories that say that yeah he had an accomplice he maybe had somebody waiting for him mm-hmm. uh, wherever he uh, close to by to where he would have jumped out yeah there's there's all kinds of theories on that.
1: How about you what are your thoughts?
0: I think that there was a, a, a this this thing did occur because there's too much too many variables in, in my view uh, th- that there was a person that jumped. Or maybe I—I I think he. Until I see differently, I think he hit on the plane somewhere and got off because that would make the most sense to me to do. Right. It'd be the smartest thing to do. But again, that's that's with just knowing what I know. If I can get information that shows the layout of the plane, um, if it was ever, you, you know, searched. If the if the when the steps came up, did they land in Reno with the steps down? If I can get all that kind of information. Maybe I'll change my mind, but just going off what I know, I think there was a guy who did this, but I think the Robert Rackstraw, I don't know if it was him exactly, but I think it was done, and I think it was a government operative, and I think that it was pulled off essentially to start getting people scared of flying, to get them to accept these security measures that are being put into place that were eventually turned into what we have now. But like you said, you got to get the ball rolling somewhere. You had to start showing an ID when you bought a ticket. You had to start going through an x-ray machine. People were randomly searched. All that kind of, Not like it is now. Not as bad as it is now, but... So you're agreeing they, with me. They st- Yes, but... Well, I, I guess so. You're just putting it but, a little
1: more eloquently.
0: Okay, fair enough. So I guess I agree... About eighty-five percent with you, but I think that, well, maybe it, maybe maybe we're kind of on the same page. The more I think about it now, as I'm starting to verbalize and get some of this out of my I'm head, because like, it sounds like
1: you're agreeing with me. <laughs> you're probably just saying it better uh, than I did. But
0: I think that the all these stories that came out, all these people that have come out, is people that want to feel important. They want they, again the the way that the story was crafted made the guy seem cool. He gets away with it. All, you know, there's all this mystique surrounding it. It's a sketch of a guy. You have the the flight attendant who says that it didn't even really look like him. There's there's too many stories. There's too many conflicting the about the details. The stuff with the tie. All the all this all these details that are conflicting. I think that it was a government op of some kind. It possibly was a uh, somebody that was trained paramilitary, could have been CIA, and the that this was all kind of a, not just for the security, but also to kind of see a social experiment to see what would happen. How is the public going to react to this story? Hmm. There was enough ambiguity that people could come in and fill in details here and there. We have, again, the discrepancies with the drink, we have all these different theories that are coming out of the woodwork over you know it's been almost 50 years now since yeah. this happened it's 49 years and the case is still going strong there's db cooper conventions held every year the the it's a i think it could have very well it, it was a government op of some kind and it was essentially just to see what we can get done and can, wh- how people are going to react to different stories in the media and what kind of psychological effects is going to have on people.
1: I could go along with that too. So we're on the same page. So we're
0: essentially on the same page. I think it was a big, big old false flag PSYOP. That's what I think. But now me, everybody's like, well, we've been listening to you for a bit now, anybody that has, and like, you think everything's a government PSYOP. Yep, I do. Absolutely. I don't believe anything that comes off the news or the government. It's all made up. And if you do your own homework and you start looking at some of the things that I've looked at and you start picking apart some things and asking questions like we're asking, you'll probably come to that conclusion on your own as well, given enough time. I just say,
1: time. I don't think Bigfoot is made up.
0: I don't either. I think there is a Bigfoot and I think we're just, I think the government knows and we're not being told. So we don't believe everything is told. made up. Well, I mean, when does the government come out and admit it to Bigfoot?
1: This is true.
0: <laughs> right? So, but, but if
1: they did, would you say you don't believe it? I probably
0: then go, you know what? Probably it's probably bullshit. <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry. I just I don't trust anything that comes out of there. And and again, when you look into how these intelligence agencies work, and you start to. See some of the things that had gotten declassified over the years, and you see the different operations that they do.
1: It just makes you question things.
0: I question everything. Question everything. I question everything, and I, that's what I think this was. I think it was some kind of a uh, a psyop that was done, and it, it did. It led to more security in airlines, which were pretty very lax, not pretty mm. lax, very lax. Yeah. I, man, I wish it was still like that. I Remember? really do. I wish it was still like that. Remember
1: when people would smoke on planes?
0: It's yeah, like, I mean, it's yeah. a
1: freaking like metal tube going at like hundreds of miles per hour in the sky at like thousands of feet above the earth, and people are like smoking. <laughs> it's, like the worst place to have a fire.
0: <laughs> yeah, right. Well, what's gonna catch fire? You're in a metal tube. With
1: polyester seats.
0: I guess, but it's gonna go out pretty quick. Mm. I would think. Well, I whatever. I I don't wish there was still smoking on planes, but I wish the security was was how it was back then. Cause I I, I don't I I don't like flying now. I I because I'm old enough to remember what it was like pre nine eleven, when you could show up five minutes before your flight and get on your plane you and you'd be fine. You didn't have to take your shoes off. You didn't have to take your shoes off. I and remember all when this we, nonsense. we went to
1: Florida and Aries was a baby, our middle child, and they inspected my breast milk. They made me like because I I put it in a bottle for him and they hold this thing over it. And I'm just like, cause I was like, you better not be dipping anything in there. We're going to have big problems and they open it. And I'm just like, I don't think this is right. I mean, I know that they're looking for things, but I'm just thinking that was prepared milk. What if something gets into it? What if particles of something get into it? Like,
0: It's amazing how quick we collectively as a population will just give up our rights for a little security
1: Captain America Civil War that was the point people are going to give up their freedoms to for security
0: you want security you want safety go to prison you'll be safe there you can sit in a whatever it is eight by ten cell you'll get your three square meals a day and you got a roof over your head and you're good to go that's what you want—safety and security. There, there it is. Anywhere else, though, how about live and be a human and be free, and yeah. stop being controlled by everything around you. But yes, getting okay, going off on a totally different tangent. Yeah. But
1: well, I was gonna say we're out of bourbon. So, but that's
0: but that's real security. Yeah. If you want real security, that's where you get it. Yeah, you get your three square and you or and you get a you roof a over your head. lot of money
1: and hire private security.
0: Or that. I suppose, but most people can't do that. I would rather not do that.
1: I feel like we're gonna have to come back to this though. There's still so many. Yeah, I'm. I'm still parts. going through. I'm yeah. still
0: going through a bunch of this stuff, and mm-hmm. I think it'd be fun to just come back and do just strictly like a, a DB Cooper theories, like different yeah. crazy theories yes. and different suspects. And, and that's stuff. where
1: you guys can come in. Yeah. What theories do you have? Do you have information that we didn't talk about? Do you happen to know something? Did you happen to file a right to know? request with the FBI and get copies of records like let us know what do you think
0: yeah and you're gonna actually do this aren't you you're gonna go and file your own thing and you know I'm gonna so again when we get that information and sift through all of it because I guess it the, the it's it's some ridiculous so when amount you of do information a right to it? no
1: request you yeah. have to put specifically what you're looking for. So I need to put a timestamp from this date to this date. I need to put specifically all written reports. If there's any photographs, if there was any video taken, asking for digital copies of that. So there's a lot. Like you have to be very specific when you request this stuff. So that's what I'm going to do. And it might take a while to get it. And it's probably going to be heavily redacted, but I don't care.
0: All right. Yeah, it probably will be redacted, especially if it's what Someone's we think it is. Hate where it's me. where it's some <laughs> some government job it op, is. Yes. Yeah, they probably redact everything. <laughs> Whose
1: ever job it is in like the records department to get that stuff is going to hate me. I apologize, but yeah. I want to know.
0: Yes, you apologize because they're listening or watching right now.
1: You never know.
0: <laughs> True, we we probably got get put on some on, like, some so watch list. Lists. I'm sure from some of the stuff we've said and talked about. Yeah, eh, it is what it is. What are you going to do? So, if you want to share any of your theories, you can find us on social... Well, you're going to find Monique on social media because I'm pretty much done with social media. I'm completely off of it now. Um, Monique, where can they find us on Twitter?
1: At Homewrecker Pod.
0: Instagram.
1: HomeWrecker Podcast.
0: And we have a website, too.
1: We do. HomeWreckerPodcast.com. And we're also on the parlor app.
0: Oh, that's right.
1: Still trying to get used to... F- finding people on there who to follow. I have to say it's very like Republican-y. I thought it might be more just like open freedom of speech. So if you're on Parler, let us know. Follow us.
0: Well, the reason why it is that is because it was started as an alternative to Twitter and Facebook, who I guess are very heavily censoring people with that type of viewpoint, like a more right of center kind of viewpoint a conservative viewpoint whatever you want to call Mm -hmm. it that's why the parlor app was started but it's not just for the people that believe in that kind of stuff it's just for people that want to speak freely and not worry about being censored and have to deal with censorship
1: we don't want our crazy conspiracy theories to be censored
0: right so yeah because they're crazy they're so crazy But yeah, yeah. So that's that's why the Parlor app. If you go and and uh, sign up for it, I guess that there is a lot of that type of content right now because it is it's new, and that's essentially why it was started was as an alternative to zo- to those other things.
1: Mm-hmm. So. And another free speech platform you can find us on is Brighteon, where you can watch us if you're not already yeah, watching us on Yeah, it's a, it's a YouTube Brighteon. alternative. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then YouTube. So as long as
0: we're still on YouTube. <laughs> yeah. Till we get kicked off of there.
1: Hopefully not. But hopefully not. But. Yeah, so if you're watching our videos, please subscribe and like our videos.
0: Yes. And if you haven't already, hit the subscribe button on iTunes if you follow us through there. Or or wherever. Wherever podcast app you get your podcasts from. And when you get a moment, please kindly leave us a five-star review. We really appreciate it.
1: Not one, not two, not three, not four, but five. Go big or go home. Right, baby?
0: Right. Whatever you say. He said lady. that to me
1: on like our first date. What? We went out to dinner and you got a steak and they're like, Oh, do you want like the twelve ounce or do you want to do the sixteen ounce? And you're like, Well, go big or go home. And I remembered that from our first date.
0: Wow. That was a long time ago. It was. All right. So That's they up. so there you go. Go big or go home. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, do we know what we're gonna talk about next week?
1: I don't know. Do you know?
0: I have a couple of things. There's something that I wanted to talk about that we haven't yet, and it's kind of going back into more paranormal Mm -hmm. kind of creepy stuff. I think next week we should talk about the black-eyed kids. (sighs) Black-eyed children. Well, we've
1: been talking about this for a while about doing not on show the show. On no, not on the show. But right. you and I, yeah, at home have been discussing this about doing something. Yes, I'm game. All right. Hopefully, so, our listeners are game too.
0: So next week, or next episode, whenever we probably be next week. But if we decide to record earlier and put it out as a bonus, yeah. whatever. The next episode, we will be talking about the black-eyed children. Yay! What are they? Who are they? Why are they?
1: What does it all mean?
0: We'll try and figure it out next week. But until then, I am the Golden Greek, Alex Arion. I've been joined as always by my beautiful, lovely, gorgeous, amazing trophy wife, the lovely Monique. Thank you.
1: And you've been listening to the Homewrecker Podcast.